Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 14. Episode 46. This is Writing Excuses, Unusual Resources. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Margaret. I'm out of air. Uh, Howard, you're our unusual resource. (laughs) (laughs) Peculiar resource at any rate. Um, This is a very common trope of science fiction and fantasy where you make a fantastical resource of some sort that can either be a MacGuffin, can power your magic or your technology, um, or in other ways interact and change the world. So we're going to talk about world building these, how we have come up with them when we've used them, what we think works and what we think don't doesn't work. Uh, obviously, my favorite, which I've talked talked about a lot, is The Spice from Dune, mm-hmm. which kind of, when I read that as a teenager, changed my whole perspective on economics in science fiction and fantasy. And you can see that reverberating through a lot of the books I write, where I really, really like it when my magic has some sort of connection to an economic resource in some way. Um, most obviously in, uh, in uh, Mistborn, where people use rare metals to do magic. So, um, But even in Stormlight, this comes directly from doing this idea that magic has, or the, the resource has an effect on the world other than just the magic. Um, if you haven't read the Stormlight books, uh, people collect magical power in little pieces of uh, gemstone inside of glass and then use that to light their houses or to power their magic. Um, what have you guys done? Why have you made the choices you have? And how has it worked? So I did this in a science fiction short story that I have on a colony world, and it's called Salt of the Earth. It's a, a planet that is very low in, in salt, uh, which is something that people actually need. And so it becomes, there's the, the enti- entire industries around reclaiming salt uh, when you go to a funeral, one of the things that you do is you've got tissues and you catch the tears under your eyes and then put them in an offering thing so the family can reclaim the salt that you have shed on their behalf. 
And, and Why did I not write this story? <laughs> <laughs> I love salt, for those who don't know. Yeah. I salt everything. Man, that is because really Probably because idea. it Thanks. just would have depressed you. Yeah. Yes. Right. That <laughs> level of shortage. Yeah. Um, so... So one of the the things that I was thinking about are like what are the ramifications of of having this thing that is absolutely necessary for survival, but is incredibly rare on this planet. How does that affect all of the social conventions? How does it, that affect the economy? That the main character's family is from uh, from a, a salt rich family. So these are the things that you kind of look at, and and it's in some ways not that different from the economies of Dune because that's how scarcity works. Right. Mm-hmm. How did, uh, what, what inspired that? Where, what made you start the story? <laughs> uh, honestly, I was taking Orson Scott Card's literary boot camp, okay. um, which was a great camp, all other things aside. And he had us do uh, five story seeds, one of which was a story seed based on research. And I went in and he told us to go into the bookstore and find a nonfiction book and there was a book called Salt. And, uh, it's quite actually a famous one. It's the yes. same one. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so one of the things that then happens to me in the real world is I start noticing all of the things from when salt was a precious resource, like Salzburg. It's like, oh, right. Salzburg mm-hmm. is Salt City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A project that I worked on recently is the new Netflix series coming in 2019, or perhaps already arrived in 2019, uh, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, which of course ties to the original Dark Crystal, the film made by the Jim Henson Company and Jim Henson, where really that entire story ends up revolving around the resource of essence, which is the the life force of Gelflings, which the Skeksis decide they want, they need, it's what's Makes keeping them young, them young mm-hmm. and alive. And it's like, aha, and we've already destroyed our planet, but we can pretend we didn't if we suck the life out of Gelflings or Podlings. And, you know, and that just traumatized an entire generation of young people who went to see that film, not knowing what they were in for. The rest of us had turned into fantasy or science fiction novelists who think it's cool. Yeah, and then some of us became puppeteers. Mm. Traumatized and inspired are not mutually (laughs) exclusive conditions. Um, But yeah, and that was a really interesting thing to look at because there is definitely that ecological side, as we're told. You know, the Skeksis have really done a number on Thra. Mm -hmm. And by the time this comes out this episode hopefully your series will have released yes. so we're going to make that our book of the week is go watch dark crystal age, age of, of Res- resistance uh, hey writers are you thinking about learning a new language i think exploring the world experiencing other cultures and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer better stories A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. 
and it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And if it's not out for some reason by now, then go watch the original because it's fantastic. It is fantastic. It's very exciting. In multiple definitions. <laughs> multiple of the definitions yes. of fantastic. Yes. Howard, fantastical resources. Um, the the one that leaps to mind is uh, the post transuranics in the Schlock Mercenary universe. Uh, I took the concept of islands of stability, and as other science fiction uh, writers have done, uh, postulated islands of super stability with you know massive nucleus elements, and and then said that if you want to build a power plant that converts neutronium into energy in a way that gives you artificial gravity cheaply, you really have to build the whole power plant out of post-transuranics. And the best way to create post-transuranics is to have a really high-density power source like one built out of post-transuranics. And so I built a system whereby uh, the corn and the seed corn are are incredibly, uh, I mean, they're, they're obviously related, um, but there is very much a, a resource divide here. Um, and, and a lot of the story, uh, you know, especially here in the, the final couple of years of the story, uh, asks the question, where did we bootstrap this stuff? If it's so difficult to make, unless you already have it, who made it the first time? Um, and it's a fun question to it's a fun question to ask. It's a fun question to answer. No, I'm not going to tell you the answer here, uh, but it's tied into uh, the Fermi paradox. You know, why haven't we seen aliens yet? Why, in the science fiction universe that I've created, aren't people asking uh, why wasn't the galaxy already colonized a billion years ago, two billion years ago? And all of it came down to uh, looking at looking at the economics of this resource and what happens what happens when it's uh, fought for. One of my favorite other uh, things you've done 
with fantastical resources is kind of a, a different take on it. You have a, a person who got cloned several hundred thousand times um, and made in you basically yeah, had, nine nine uh, nine hundred million times nine hundred million, million times million gavs. And so suddenly um, a very unique and scarce resource, maybe not super valuable, but still is suddenly you have 900 million of them, um, which is a really interesting change in a little subtle way. Um, of course, well, and in the very economic, large way. The yeah. economic impact, uh, the, the, the real-life person upon whom Gav was originally based, Darren Bluell, uh, loves Guinness. And you, you cannot feed the existing supply. You cannot make 900 million Guinness lovers happy with the existing <laughs> supply of Guinness. Uh, something's something's got to give. So let me ask this question of you, uh, you guys. How do you value a fantastical resource? How do you decide what its value in the economies of your story is going to be? Um, you've made it up wholesale, so... I tend to pattern it based on real-world things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I look at the the relative scarcity of the thing. Uh, and, and when we're talking about a resource, so far we've been talking about things where it's the, the item itself is, is scarce, but there's also the labor involved. So sometimes something is, uh, a, a scarce resource because, because it is difficult to produce or refine. Uh, and sometimes it's because it, there's just not, it doesn't exist very much, but either way, what that tells me begins to tell me is, um, how difficult it is and how expensive it is. So aluminum is a good example. Okay? Yeah, it's um, a great example. Right, because aluminum used to be super, super expensive to refine. I believe we've mentioned on the podcast before, like Napoleon had his gold plates, his platinum plates, and then his aluminum plates, plates that he saved. Yeah. Super mm-hmm. fancy. Yeah. The top of the Washington Monument has an aluminum cap on it that – the ladies of Washington, D.C. fundraised for to put this amazingly precious thing up. And now it's like I wrap my leftovers in aluminum. <laughs> it's because we've solved we've solved right. that problem. So but what that shows me is the way something is treated when it is precious. It goes it's something that we we layer on things to 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 say this is special, we pr- reserve it for special occasions. Right. It's aluminum's a really interesting one because aluminum is a way more useful metal in most cases than gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might say, oh well, something is valuable because it's really useful. Well, gold a lot of times in a lot of cultures wasn't that useful. It was pretty, but it was not a useful metal, and so different. Cultures have treated it differently based on who wants it and how badly they want it. And whether or not they have it in their ground. Yeah. Um, uh, I th- yeah, go ahead. I was about to say, I think another interesting variant on that is you look at um, a resource like diamonds, which are not actually that rare, but they have value because value has been attributed to them. Yes. And because there's a monopoly on the global supply. Well, there's a monopoly on the global supply of natural diamonds. That's we now true. have the technology to very, very easily make really, really useful and pretty, if you stick impurities in them, mm-hmm. diamonds. But, uh, but the money generated by the original, you know, <laughs> land-owning diamond folk has been used to influence 
the market in, influence and- the market so that you can't make a diamond ring out of something that came out of a press. Yeah. But I feel like I occasionally do see that in fantasy stories where you'll have, you know, the very precious resource or magic is very tightly controlled because it is very valuable. The true symbionts kind of fall into this mode as well. And then you discover it is more common than we thought. Yeah. One of and the what happens to the people in tower then? That I did, which was kind of a little bit of, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a cheat, but when I was looking at how to value things in uh, the Stormlight Archive, I made it so that you could use this magic, the light you collect in the, um, in the crystals, to make food. And then I was able to price how much the food um, was. And of course, it, not Never. everyone can do this, and so there are other market supply things, but in an economy that can one-to-one translate this stuff to food, I can then value and price how much the gemstones and things go because of the amount of grain it creates. I look at orders of magnitude, and uh, the the model I use is sock, shoe, bicycle, car, airplane. Uh, Where and, And whatever my universe needs that are analogs for those, how much of this resource is required for each of those things. And I use orders of magnitude because I don't need to hit it on the nose. I just need to be in the right neighborhood. So yeah. there should be something between airplane and car, I know. But but it's as valuable as it needs to be for yeah. the story. Yeah. Well, the other thing about this also is the, the, um, the narrative that attaches to the thing. So if we attach a narrative like, you know, a, 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 a shoe, you say shoe bicycle? Okay. I... I have seen shoes that are priced more than any bicycle. Yep. And and that is because of the narrative that is attached to them because of the uh and, and because of the scarcity. The Dutch tulip craze mm-hmm. is a fine example of a resource that exists because of narrative. Yep. Because because people have the this love of tulips and they venerate the tulip and all of this and then there are automobiles that cost more than private planes, yep. and there are automobiles that cost <laughs> less than bicycles. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness a commodity bubble like that could never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thank how about heaven. this? <laughs> what do you do in your story? Have you ever worried about this breaking things like basic supply demand or breaking your economy of your story with a fantastical resources completely in half? Yes. Mm. Yes, I do worry I live about in that. Terror I, of that. I don't know if this applies, but it's a funny anecdote that I would like to like to share. I was in my D&D campaign at one point. The characters had undergone a five-year gap, and so we we're all coming back together. And it's like, you know, characters were bringing each other gifts, and my character had had two kids since anyone had seen her. And so one of the magic-using characters is like, okay, magic is new in this world. People are just figuring out how to make magic items. And she's like, prestidigitation is a very low-level spell. I could put this on a diaper. I'm like, we have self-prestidigitating diapers. (laughs) And then we start thinking like, why are we adventuring? Why aren't we just billionaires making self-prestidigitating diapers and chamber pots and why is why are there sewers in our world anymore? Because yeah. clearly this is just what everyone could no do. No matter how expensive <laughs> the spell continual light is, mm-hmm. if the spell exists, 
The candle makers are out of business forever. This was, ex- I had this problem in glamorous histories. It's why the, the glamour does not cast actual light because then it stops being an alternate history and starts being, or a historical fantasy, and it starts being something completely different because why 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 candles? Why, why fireplaces? Why any of those? None of those things would ever Perpetual exist. Perpetual energy, yeah. yeah. Um, we were yeah. all there around the table and then go, it's like, yep, yeah, no, that's true and we are going to completely ignore it and move on with our adventure now. Right. Let's add the uh, suggestion that using game mechanics, um, if you've played a lot of video games or uh, pen and paper role-playing games, they are built to be fun, <laughs> not economically sound. Uh, so just keep in mind the different goals yeah. of the medium. Yeah, and, and, and it does depend on the game. But by mm-hmm. and large, yeah, yeah you cannot... Uh, you, you do have to think about supply and demand. And at some point, you do have to, with your story, do what Howard said last month, which is at some point, I'm just, I want to tell a story rather than be right. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than writing an ep- economic simulation in book form, I want to tell a story. And so um, that, that, is, uh, that is a line to walk. In the yeah, Planet yeah. Mercenary book, in the sidebar comments, someone says almost exactly that. Yeah, well, we yeah, will the, have talked. There's the abstraction yeah. of economics. You know, you abstracted this to the point that the economics aren't even real. And somebody else said, that's because we wanted them to play a game, not figure out that they're not being paid enough. Yeah. 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 It's, I think Star Trek does this with the idea that the Federation, nobody uses money, nobody gets paid, and yet we have this gold-pressed latinum economy going on, and why can't you replicate it? And everyone's like, yep, no, we could techno-babble around it. For the most part, we just kind of hand-wave past because it's not what we're about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to wrap us up. If you're really interested in more of this, two weeks ago we did a podcast, uh, Realism versus Rule of Cool. Um, which I'm sure was really, really a great podcast. <laughs> it will have been amazing. Will have it been will amazing. have been amazing. Um, let's do our homework. Howard, you have our homework. Yes. Um, take something Take something common, super common. Uh, maybe you've got a lot of it. Maybe lots of people have a lot of it. Something that is super common. Um, and now make it, now make it super valuable. Uh, maybe it's super rare. Um, maybe it's super powered, but now whatever it is, uh, it's, it's, it's like the gold standard. It's like currency. Um, and, uh, and, and then write about how your life, the lives of the people around you change as a result of this common thing now being either incredibly rare or incredibly valuable or both. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. And I'm sorry if you dislike the fact that I used wholesale instead of whole cloth. If you've already written your comment in the comment section before finishing the podcast, I still love you. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.